I love seeing the success. I love seeing the questions. So I believe, Darina, am I right? Do we have a guest who's coming in right now? Awesome. So Darina, can you please introduce uh, the amazing Liz Faircloth? By the way, who's going to the 100 Millionaire Summit? Who's already got their tickets? Who already knows? Hell yeah. Give yourselves a round of applause. So Liz Faircloth is one of our prominent speakers. She's one of the top. We're talking keynote level. She's a champion. She's a beast, a beautiful beast, because she runs Invest Her, the woman's investment community. Hands camera, if you're a woman, anybody on the call? Anybody know a woman? Yes. Anybody know a woman who wants to crush it in real estate? So Liz yes. is, she is the face of invest her. She's been teaching women how to get to the next level. It's a blessing and an honor to have her as part of our community, as somebody who's a, another champion, another leader who is sharing and, and supporting people. So let's give Liz Faircloth a big round of applause. Before we do, Darina, what, what is- Thank uh, Great to be here. Before uh, we bring Liz on, Darina, can you share, how did you reach up to somebody so powerful, so influential, who's serving on, on such a big level? Like, what was your secret? Anybody interested in knowing how, how you can reach out to like great people? Go ahead, Darina. Oh, well, well, thank you for this question, Liz. So good to see you. Great to see and, you too. Uh, I'm excited that you had a lot of time to join us. Well, I think it was like my challenge. It was connection through another connection, through another connection, through another connection. I was relentless in my goal to get in touch with Elizabeth. And it actually started with uh, Mitch Jurski because he knew someone who runs Invest Her group uh, down uh, near Miami area. And then he introduced me to that person. And then that person introduced me to Elise. And then it took me a couple of times, persistence to reach out. And Elise is just such a giving person. She, she got back to me, we started a conversation, I brought her on Alchemist Nation podcast. And then I was going to invest her conference, like that Liz put together amazingly with her partners once a year. So it was like just this energy right there. And now Liz is here to support us, to support women in real estate. And I think it helps couples to be happier because now women are on board and doing real estate. So I'm so excited. Liz, you're here and Liz will be our featured speaker at the summit this year. We're actually 60 days away. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's two months. <laughs> two months challenge, 60 day challenge. So Liz... Uh, the stage is yours. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, no, I'm so excited to see see all of you and uh, getting to know both of you have been has been a pleasure, and we've had a lot of collaboration and shared kind of values. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. If I can, I know we're going to be talking a little bit about teams and as it relates to the topic you had today, uh, Walter, in terms of your teaching, but thank you everyone for being here. Excited to meet hopefully most of you in October. And I always like to say, I want to just add as much value as I can, but I am the co-founder of the real estate investor community. And my husband and I are also active investors. We've been investing for 16, 17 years, which meant I started when I was eight. Now I'm joking, bad joke. I'm from Jersey. I make a lot of bad jokes, but so I am an active investor and a few years ago started the Invest Her community to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. But I am also active in the investing and happy to share mostly large multifamily is our focus. We buy large multifamily dilapidated assets and, and turn them around. So, but yeah, how can I be of most help today? Um, that's why I'm here. So I love that Liz showed up on this wealth principle. In fact, this was, this was intentional. I texted Doreen. I said, Hey, I want Liz Faircloth to come on. She's teaching how to build teams, scale teams. Hands the camera if you would like to invest in large multifamilies. You know, it takes teams to do that. Awesome. So that's her topic at the summit. And so this topic today, extreme ownership is all about leadership, how you can be a better leader, how you can take yourself to the next level by just internally taking 
ownership for everything that happens for the people you care about, for the people that are under your charge, for the people who you don't even have under your charge, but they're your company interacts with them. So Liz, what would be a scenario if we could just kind of, I want to run this almost interview style. What would be a scenario that one of the biggest challenges I see is contractors, right? Right now is, you know, somebody says that they're going to do something, they don't show up, or some people have even had, you know, they give their money to somebody and the money disappears, right? And no work gets done. What would you say is something that you can do, you know, in your team? How do you qualify whether a contractor is even somebody who deserves the right to be on your team? Well, that's a big one, right? Because so many people have so many different issues. I could share so many stories over the years and working with various contractors. You know, here's what I do know. I think people, you lead by, your, by you know, being, being forthright and having standards yourself. So you need to have your own criteria. That might mean a payment plan. You know, obviously that's critical. You don't want to ever have the contractor get ahead of you, which happens a lot where, you know, they, you've paid them more than the work that they've done. That's what, what that means in a nutshell. So yeah, there, there's so many different pieces. I think the key is that you need to, you know, showing up at potential contractors' job sites is a really helpful strategy. Even just, you know, making sure that they get there on time. If they say they're going to meet you at nine and they don't meet you at nine, that's a huge red flag to me, right? Because they're not honoring their word. But finding them is, I would I would start to drive around your market and look at the rehabs that have worked out really well. That are really like, wow, I want to do, I want to, I want to do that type of rehab. Who are the contractors, right, working on them? That's just one, you know, quick way to think about, you know, good people know good people. But yeah, in terms of setting up your, you need to lead the contractor. They're not going to tell you what it's, what's going to happen. You need to tell them from a scope of work is probably the biggest area I think investors just fall short on. You know, they're they're expecting the contractor to give them this really detailed scope of work and it just doesn't happen a lot. So you really need to lead by saying, this is how I do my, this is finishes can mean everything from Home Depot special to high end, right? I mean, that's a, we all know finishes are, could, could make or break your deal. So my point though, is you need to have your criteria. What are you looking for in a contractor? Your paperwork, scope of work, payment plan, and you need to lead that very strongly. And if they don't come on board with what you want or what you think, you know, how you want to run it, then that's a huge red flag too. Like, oh, I don't do that. Or I don't do that. You know, there's a lot to finding the right contractors, but I think the simple ones of going to their job sites, are they getting there on time? And obviously leading with a scope of work, detailed scope of work and a payment plan is huge. I love that. Hands scare if that's a really good answer. If that was a really important question for everybody on the call, let's, let's give Liz one more round of applause. Great answer. So I got another one for you, Liz. And this is, I think, on everybody's mind who's ever invested. In fact, I remember last year, I mentioned this at the summit because people will come to me and say, like, the number one reason they can't invest, this is typically men in, in the Real Estate Investor Association, so a different world than this room, but in the RIAs, the NRIA when we're speaking, they'll say, well, my wife doesn't agree with me. Like, she doesn't want to invest. And, you know, that's why I can't invest. So you and your husband have figured something out. You both partner in real estate. You're both working together on deals. Like, he supports you. And by the way, Hans Karen, if you're a woman who is investing and your, your husband doesn't get on board. Anybody? There's a women lot of women investing like that alone? in our community, yeah. So, so Liz, how is it that you and your husband figured this out? How'd you guys get on the same page? Yeah, I mean, I think investing with your spouse, partnering with your spouse is probably my favorite topic, you know? So when I come back next year, I'll speak on that because that's a it's a big one. So a couple of things, you know, I think, and it's sometimes, you know, one partner is, is on board and supportive one part or, or both partners actually work together you know, and actually invest together, which is a whole nother level. But at the minimum, your partner should support 
right? Just like any endeavor that we're doing. And if they're not, what does that look like? So I think just taking a big step back, you know, and getting clear on where you both want to be, you look in five years. Um, when I first met my husband, the one thing we had in common, we were in our 20s. We didn't have any connections. We didn't have much money. We started with very little. My father loaned us our first uh, down payment. So we came together and just had shared values. And I think those are the conversations that are critical, whether you're new in marriage or new in partnership, or you've been, you know, been together for 15 years, but like, what are those shared values? And so we both really valued freedom and we both really valued doing a lot of good work and a lot of, not a lot of good work. We really wanted to make a difference in the, in the world. I was a social worker by background and my husband was uh, as an engineer by background when we came together. So when we came together and said, what do we want to do in, in real estate? We wrote down kind of like our vision together and our shared values. So those have always been rock solid. I, in 16 years, it has been ups and downs. I mean, there's been moments that like, I needed to go back to get a job because we just were not doing, you know, we were not creating the, the wealth we wanted, right? So it's been ups and downs. It has not been this like straight shoot, you know, path. But in all of that, we went back to what was important to us and our values. And that helped us navigate those really tough times. Like where my husband said, if we don't change something, we're going to get a divorce. Like, you know, those kinds of times. So we've navigated that through having shared values and also constant working on ourselves, both of ourselves and then working on our relationship. That's like three constituents. If you think, are you working on yourself? Is your partner working on themselves separate? And then are you working on the relationship? And that takes a lot of work. That's why a lot of partnerships and marriages, you know, it's just tough. We all know that. So we've been married 17 years, been investing 17 years. And I can just say having shared values, having a shared vision that you're both really excited about and knowing each other's like money personalities is huge. Who's the cheap one? Who's the spender? Who's got attachment issues with money? I mean, there's so much money comes up in real estate because it takes money to invest. So we've done a lot of workshops, a lot of, I mean, continually work on ourselves, And we have a lot of faith too, to be honest. We prayed a lot together in those really dark times and good times, of course, but um, to be perfectly frank, so we have a shared faith. But I, I think the shared values and the constant communication, because losing some money here is a step towards a bigger vision. If you don't have the bigger vision and the shared values, the one stumble or the one bad investment or the one partner that doesn't work is going to stop you and is going to create a wedge between you two. I know that because that wow. happened and it was always like, okay, what can we go back to? Let's lean into our values and what we really commit to. And we've never strayed from that. And I think that's honestly what has saved us <laughs> and helped us grow and continue to help us grow. The hands to the camera, if that's just powerful advice. Some of the most powerful advice that I've I've ever heard. And you know, I'm on the podcast often with married men and women who are, you know, syndicators, they're doing thousands of units, and they always, 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 always reference their spouse. It is always a source of their strength, a source of their dedication, a source of their commitment to themselves. And in fact, uh, Liz, as you were speaking, I was writing down that I may find some room at the summit to maybe do a little one-on-one -on -one with you on stage and just kind of ask a little it. bit about relationships, because I think uh, just seeing the room, how how intent they were and how much they were nodding. Hands scare if that'd be valuable, if you guys, everyone on here thinks that'd be really cool. And awesome. the stuff that Excellent. I'll be going over with the teams is applicable. It will be very, very much applicable to kind of relating it to your, your spouse, because I'm going to go through a few things that are going to be totally relatable because your team is internal is your support team it's all a team right so i'll kind of tie that in a little bit to my presentation awesome i love it see she's a server she's like she's like the rest of us add value add value add value even the way she started the call hands if you notice the way she started the call hey how can i add value to you guys what a powerful sentence what a powerful request so before we jump off i've got one more question for you liz if you don't mind yeah. and and that is when deciding like how do you decide who you want on your team like how do you decide 
what components are going to be needed? And then what kind of person are you looking for? I think you might've preluded to it a little bit with, you know, goals, like how you set it up, but what is your process that you go through? And you don't have to go through it into the details. Cause I know at the summit, you're going to be bringing a lot of this to the table, but if you were to just quickly just say, Hey, this is who I want on my team. And this is why that's a big one because there's so many people we want on our team and we have to prioritize, right. You know, depending on what your focus is. I think so often we, people just don't know themselves, honestly. And so before you can answer the question, who do I need on my team? And then you start to look at a directory. Do I need a VA? Do I need a, you know, a project manager? If you don't really like rehab is all project management, if you really think about it, and maybe you're not a project manager. So before you start asking, it's almost like a directory before you start looking at the directory of the who, right? Who not how is a phenomenal book by Dan Sullivan. I mean, anything by Dan Sullivan is great, a strategic coach. And, and so I think people are like, yeah, I know, I know I need team members. And that's like obvious, right? But I think that's like the third question. It's not the first question. Because if you don't know where you're headed and you don't know yourself, because I'm going to go into that a lot, you don't know the gaps. You're trying to manage gaps. Bottom line, you're building a team. You need to know where you're headed, what you're trying to achieve, who's going to help you get there, but more importantly, who you are, because you're trying to build a team around your strengths. And if you don't know that, like to the T, like, boom, if I said to each of you, tell me your core genius right now, I'm going to talk about that concept. And you couldn't answer within seconds then you don't own it and you don't know it. And that to me is what is the problem with building teams. It's not, you can't find people or who should I build or who should I bring on my team? I don't want to go off on a tangent because I'm just going to give my presentation. But the bottom <laughs> line is like, know thyself. It's a lot of work, honestly. And I worked with a personality assessment for a decade. I continually take different, you know, and I'll give you kind of a recipe of some key things that you can do. But if you don't have those goals, what do you want to achieve? you know, and knowing thyself, then you can start to determine the gaps. And quite honestly, it's wow. going to be prioritized. You're not going to have like 16 people. What's that one person that can move the needle the most significant way to your goals? Basis yourself though. That's really important because <laughs> if you're not a detailed person, you should bring someone on that's detailed. Or if you're not a people person and you now need to go call brokers and dif differentiate yourself from every other person who wants to buy a multifamily, then you got to think about that, right? And bring someone on who has that charisma or relationship driven. You don't have to be at all, but you have to build a team that is all of it. And it starts with you. And so that's what I'm going to be. And that's the hard work, honestly. People want like the recipe of building a team. It's hard work to look at yourself and say, this is where I fall short. This is what I do great. And it's really humbling. And if you don't, any great leader, it has to own it, know it, and then manage the gap and figure out the kind of like strategic, like who's going to make a difference right now in my business? One person. And then you go to the next. It's not like you're going to build a Fortune 500 company overnight, right? So that's my, my thoughts before, without getting into too much detail, but we're going to really kind of pull back the onion, honestly. And it's a little uncomfortable because sometimes we don't like looking at what we're not good at, you know, and, um, but you have to and then manage it, and then you can lead. Let's give Elizabeth Faircloth a big round of applause. That is such a powerful principle, a powerful way to look at team building. Hence again, if you know, this is what you need right now. This is what you're looking for in your life. Hell yeah. The 100 Millionaire Summit, I'm telling you, I can only plan so much. It's the other speakers that really put on that extra sauce, that put in those details that I said, this is what I want. I know this is what the community is looking for, but what Liz is doing with her talk and what Rod's doing with his talk and what Vinny's doing with his talk and, and all the other great speakers are doing is they're going deeper into details in their expertise and their special zone that they've figured out better than anybody else. Yeah. My and why I love this opinion. topic too, is it, it blends all my just, 
you know, from my background. So while my husband and I were building our real estate business, one of us needed to pay the mortgage and, and pay bills because, you know, that that's important in life. And uh, for over a decade, I was a management consultant. So I, I worked with a personality tool. I built, helped companies build teams unrelated to real estate. So now as I formed real estate teams and everything, and I'm in the world of real estate and business and entrepreneurship and having this knowledge of, of you know, personalities and other things, uh, it's just probably my favorite topic to share and talk about because it kind of blends all my roles in my life and, and you know, what I've seen work. So, and I'm still learning. We're building, we're, we're growing our, uh, both of our teams and all of the different businesses I'm involved in. And it's continually work and good work though, right? So on the investor side, as well as DeRosa, so. Yeah, excited to meet many of you. I, I'm looking forward to it and appreciate the opportunity to, you know, I'll be there the evening of the 20th and I'll be there all day on the 21st. So I'm excited. Hell yeah. Who here wants a selfie with Elizabeth Faircloth? <laughs> awesome. So if there are any questions, let's drop them out at Alchemist Nation. I'm going to make sure that everybody gets their questions answered today, but I will take one live question for Liz right now. Yeah. So first person, I'm at your mic. You're going live with Liz Faircloth. Great opportunity. Go ahead, Eric. Yes, uh, Miss Liz, thank you for being here. Phenomenal information right there. You definitely so hit me in the gut with a couple of things. Where can we go to find you, follow you, things of that nature? I guess that's real estate investor. And yeah, it's probably that, the easiest way. Yeah, we're we're active on Instagram, the real estate investor. And we also, yeah, have a podcast published by Bigger Pockets twice a week. Tuesdays right. and Fridays, we release episodes. Yeah, we are almost on our 300th episode. So, but yeah, you could check check us out on, on Instagram and our website's the real estate invest her, H-E-R. Phenomenal. Thank but you. We have a lot of, we have a lot of wonderful men who like our podcast. And so you're welcome to, you know, check it out and everything. So. And write a review. If you're listening to the podcast, go and write a positive review. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. We love that from everybody. Let's give Eric a big round of applause. Great question. Anything about teams? I'm happy to answer a question, uh, Walter, if you got a question yeah. about teams or something someone's struggling with, with regards to that topic. Or whatever. Let's take another question. What question do you have on team building right now? I would love to actually hear what tools you're using to assess personality in teams. Sure, sure. He's also I'll, a psychologist I... and, a, and a doctor, so that that's why. <laughs> I see that, Dr. Terry, and I'm not a doctor, so I'll just preface all of that. The tool that I have the most familiarity with is called the predictive index. So it's a, uh, have you heard of that, Terry? Absolutely. Yeah. So I have an expertise in that, but I, I think so often people take these personality tools like through Cosmo or, you know, some sort of random online service and tells you which animal you are. And I, I'm not a fan of those. Um, I mean, have some fun with it, certainly. But if people are considering, to, you know, using an assessment of, of some sorts, remember it's, it has to be work related, right? So you don't want just a, an assessment that's not business related and work related. And I think that's really the big, a big mistake people make when they use tools within their company that were created for the personal life. They were created for a more clinical use. I'm sure you know that oh, in absolutely. your work. You, you would teach that better than I could because you know, but in terms of my own experience, um, you want something that's um, work related and job related. Right, right. No, I like that. I would love to actually put my link in and have a conversation Sure. because I love working with consultants and, and yeah, I don't actively, I mean, you could, you, you know, you could tell my passion, I, but I'm not an active consultant anymore, but I just, you know, something for so long. I don't know how many that you are like this, but you know, something for so long that it just won't ever get out of my, so I think that way, I think in personalities now, just because it's something yeah. I taught. Yeah. For, um, one of the things that I found about a lot of the personality things, I like the predictive index because it's more about productivity. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these that they say they're personality assessments, they're actually one step or two steps away from astrological kind of things. Correct. They don't really actually 
have the validity behind them that the predictive index does yeah. or even the disk does. Um, so, no, I love that. I'll put my link in the chat and let's jump on a call. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, look, look at how cool this is. A couple of our players connecting with each other. Alan Knowles, I saw you unmute your mic, mother, I, brother. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'd love to get Liz's take on the on the book and the concepts in rocket fuel between the uh, integrator and the visionary. Great book. I was going to recommend that. That's one of the things I recommend. I think that, and there's multiple pieces, but it's it's a phenomenal book. And what you're referring to, for those who are not familiar, uh, Gino Wickman wrote, um, what was his first book? The most- Traction. Traction. Thank you. Traction, which is wonderful, but a lot of small business owners are trying to relate them themselves to that. And, and depending on the size of your you know company, it's a little overwhelming. Rocket fuel is his second, I think his second book, but I honestly, that's my favorite book of his and being able to assess, there's so many visionaries and, and visionaries have a lot of ideas and they get very excited. Are they really, you know, they're great. And I'm more, definitely more of an, a visionary than an integrator, but your team and, and partners and you need to have an integrator. Probably biggest mistake that visionaries make, right? They don't partner or have on their team integrator sort of behavior. So yeah, I'll be talking a little bit about that. That in addition to personality, it's like all kind of a layer of an onion, but great book. I would highly recommend know where you are. And then it's even better to do that before you come to the conference, because then if you're like an integrator, you start talking to people, they're like excitable and they're smiling and they're just talking about 15 different things, you probably are more of a visionary. And so I'll, again, I'm like literally giving, give, giving you all my little secrets, but you want to know some of this about yourself prior to going to conferences because meeting people, and you all know this, you can meet your future partner, your future team members, future strategic partners at these conferences. That's one of the beautiful things about getting like-minded people together. But if you're not clear on some of this stuff, quite honestly, most people like people like themselves. So if you're an extrovert, you probably like extroverts, but they're probably not the right people for you because you're just going to talk a lot and not get anywhere. So 100%. you want to actually, you want to talk to people that are different than you, even if they, if, even if they're like, you know, we naturally attract though to people like ourselves. That's the challenge, especially networking. But anyway. Great, thank you. Thank you very much. Alan, you know, what a, a great question. <laughs> Let's give Alan Knowles a big round of applause. Elizabeth, I think that was the perfect answer. I, and I think honestly. And someone's asking about places I I um I invest. Do you want me to talk about that? Would that yeah, be any absolutely. help? Yeah, thank so you. So we're we're investing. We started in New Jersey and uh, you know, over the years taxes, right? I don't know how many people are in our areas or investing in areas that are high, highly taxed. So we're doing a development in Trent, uh, in, it's actually Trenton, New Jersey is where we got our start, but we segued into four different markets now. So we are in New Jersey still. We were actually doing a development there. We're not buying a lot of existing assets there anymore. And we haven't been for about five years, but we are active in Pennsylvania, which is a town called Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, outside of Philadelphia. And then we're in Lexington, Kentucky. We have our largest amount of units. We have about a thousand units in Lexington. And then we're also in uh, Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina, and we're actively looking in South Carolina. We're actually looking at expanding our markets right now because our markets are a little saturated, a little overpriced, like many of you probably are experiencing. And us actually, as, as multifamily investors, we're actually really leaning into new construction multifamily because some of the projects actually make more sense than right now than buying some of these overpriced existing properties. So anyway, that's just a snapshot of where we are and what we're doing. Let's give Elizabeth Faircloth a big round of applause. These were some great questions and some amazing answers. This community is together for one purpose. It's to build 100 millionaires who are inspired to build 100 millionaires. It's not about making the money. It's about what this journey will turn you into a leader, somebody who cares enough about other people to show them the way. Like 
I, many of you probably when I was started, you know, I was sitting on the bucket thinking, man, like if somebody could just show me the way I will do whatever they say, I'll do whatever it takes. And I promise I will teach as many people as I possibly can. It's the same thing that I see in many of you. And I, I know when I ask, you know, who here is willing to commit to a hundred millionaires, hands the camera, if you're willing to do it, everybody's hands goes up. I, I appreciate and I love each and every one of your dedication to yourself, your dedication to your family, your business, your partners, and to this community and to your greater community, the people who you invest with, the people whose houses you provide, you're doing a great service. Even those motivated sellers who sometimes people say, oh, you know, stop calling me. It's all about the one who says, oh my God, you're an angel. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for calling me. I, I, you were what I was praying for. So I see a couple of people who have questions. Just drop them into Alchemist Nation. Liz is actually a member on there. And she created a course. There is now a course, a Liz Faircloth uh, course. Serena, can you tell us a little bit about the course? I know you and your team helped put that together. Yes. Yeah, so the course is available on Alchemist Nation. Uh, I will be very happy uh, to drop the link, if I may. It's uh, about building the teams. And actually, Walter, I wanted to bring something up uh, because I see an image of a wonderful book Elizabeth is a part of, uh, The Only Woman in the Room. And uh, for all of you out there looking to surround yourself with powerful women, this is this is the one to read. The inspiration and knowledge of a 20 powerful woman in real estate. Thank you for, for that. And I was interested enough that a friend of mine who is not too familiar with the community sent me that book. I was like, oh my God, I actually know this community. That's, that was fantastic. Um, Thank you. We uh, published that about a year and a half ago. And uh, we're actually, you know, really building that piece of our business out. We want to have more women voices. And obviously that's who we're highlighting and publishing more books from women. So horses eventually and all that good stuff. Right. So, but it's all about voices and what's coming up for, for women in particular, right? Because we experience yeah. things. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So the course is about the, the team building and empowering women in real estate, how to analyze the deal. There's a couple of bonuses. You got to check it out. I'm going to, again, send you an invite and it's pretty easy and uh, sweet uh, with some videos. If you don't want to read a lot, so you can watch the videos on it and I get a little bit of Elizabeth insight. Let's give Darina a big round of applause for all of the connections she does. Without her, we wouldn't know all the amazing people that we do know and let's give my business partner my integrator a big round of applause ron bowling he's silent but he's deadly without him i wouldn't be where i am today and you wouldn't know me so there's a big team behind all of us my true deepest thanks to everybody who is on this call right now where again your dedication to yourself your dedication to other people to all the millionaires who are on the call who are already paying it forward liz faircloth to mike shine ron bowling darina terry wager mitch jorsky doug mcgurk in fact doug before we sign off can you share a piece of insights from your time with Tony Robbins about extreme ownership? And for everybody who doesn't know, Doug spent three years touring with Tony. So just one little tip and then we're, we're logging off. Go ahead, Doug. Well, all of this is the personal drives the professional. So how you show up is how you're going to sort of attract people. So I love what Liz, you shared where it's like, you know, if you're a, an extrovert, you're going to attract more of those. And we all have that challenge because sometimes we'll have some interesting personality conflicts by nature of the different skill sets that people mm -hmm. master in. And uh, from, you know, I don't know if there's any one particular nugget from Tony around that other than, you know, it's all leadership. Everything we do is leadership. So when we take personal responsibility, when we are 
investing more in ourselves as opposed to some other opportunities, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot smoother going. And the one thing I'll just add, and this came from Jim Rohn, actually, is the goal is not to become a millionaire. The goal is to become the person that creates enough value to earn a million dollars. One of the most powerful distinctions, because oftentimes we're only measuring finances, as opposed to measuring who we're becoming. And how do we do that is being in environments like this, you know, being willing to get vulnerable, being willing to challenge yourself. I just recently, you know, with my coach two days ago, just had a very challenging conversation. He got to point out some stuff that is, you know, it's like, and he gave me some cool challenges around it. But if we're not willing to get vulnerable, if we're not willing to stretch and challenge ourselves, whether it's investing in that next big property or getting super vulnerable while we're doing that, while we're investing in our teams and being willing to say, hey, I don't have that. You know, oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we think we could do it all and we forget how important that team is and the vulnerability is actually being willing to let go and allow someone else to, to shine. And that's something that I think not only did Tony share, but anyone who's successful in the personal development, professional development combo will share. Let's give Doug McGurk a big round of applause. And again, one more round of applause for everybody on the call. Cheers to your success. We have a choice. Always work with the best. I'll see you guys next Saturday. Thank you.